Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Taryn Show. Uh, but before we get started, I've got to tell you about Harry's. Uh, they're they're back for another week. Um, they uh, they sent me another thing, and and I was I, I didn't even know I was going to get another thing. Let me tell you, I opened this box, and there was this very fancy looking box, and I was like, what what's happening? Are did they, were they so happy that they sent me a gift? What's happening here? Um, and I opened it up, and it was uh, another uh, you know razor set, but it was it was way cooler than the last one because it was in this fancy box, and it was all set up nice and, and nice. I was like, I, this is literally a gift. Um, and then lo and behold, they they send me the copy, and it is it was a, it was a holiday special gift thing. Um, so Harry's, uh, I, I I told you about them before. I, I've used their razors now a couple times. I really enjoy it. I I, I feel like a, a real person now. Uh, I feel like the 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 beard or lack thereof is looking much better than it was before. Um and it's all thanks to Harry's. Uh, so they're so confident you're going to like their blades. They're going to give you a free trial uh, for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash Taran. That's T-A-R-A-N. All you have to do is pay for shipping. Uh, they're all about a great shave at a fair price. Uh, so Jeff and Andy, they're two ordinary guys who are fed up with buying overpriced razors. They started at Harry's to fix shaving. They bought their own German factory with over 100 years of blade making experience to ensure the highest quality. All products are backed by 100% quality guarantee. Harry's offers their blades at half of the price of the leading five-blade razor selling directly to you over the internet. So if you want to claim your free trial offer from Harry's today, that's a $13 value for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Your free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision-engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover and for those of you looking to get your holiday shopping done early harry's just released their special edition holiday sets to make great gifts check them out they they seriously you don't even have to do anything the box is so nice uh it, it felt like uh you know like you get like a new phone or something and it comes in the box and it's like it's a pretty fancy box this is a better box and it's just for shaving stuff can you imagine? Uh, so if you want your free trial or to browse those holiday gifts, go to harrys.com slash Taryn right now. That's harrys.com slash Taryn. And, uh, you know, I have, an, I have a quick little story about this. So I was very excited because of this whole sponsor thing. Um, and uh, when, I, when I went to the know-it-alls in New York um, last week, I had like multiple people come up to me and say, uh, hey, Taryn, I like that ad. That was a good ad. I was like, wow, thank you. Like, uh, I never expected to be complimented on my ads. Um, it probably, I don't know, maybe it's a regular ad. Maybe it's a good ad. Maybe it's a bad ad. I don't know. But there were people that were saying it was nice. Um, I mean, my friends were like, it was a bad ad, but that's that's fine. They're just mean people. But if you want to support the show, you can go to harrys.com slash Taryn. Um, it, it, really, it really does help. There were people tweeting uh, at Harry's saying, uh, hey, we, uh, we, we heard the offer from Taryn and uh, we want to check it out. And that's uh, thank you so much to everyone that, that, uh, that cares enough to, uh, to really go out of their way to support me. It, it, it really means a lot. Um, so if you're interested, check it out. Uh, we have a very special guest for you today. I'm very excited to share. So uh, we'll kick in the music and get this thing going. He is not human. He is like a machine. Making more podcasts than you've ever seen. He was never programmed for a life because the show is the extent of his 
social life It's the Darren Show The Darren Show Don't ask if he's single You already know Cause it's the Darren Show A simple name For a simple guy With a simple face It's the Darren Show Hello everyone and welcome to the Darren Show I have a very special guest for you today. It's a long-awaited guest, I think. Um, After my very first guest, I was like, well, I definitely need to talk to this person um, because I feel like there's a whole half of the story that's missing. And from what I gathered from that interview, it was a very important half. So today I've uh, brought Nicole Sesternino to The Terran Show. How are you doing, Nicole? I am fantastic. So glad to hear it. I just saw you in New York. We were at the live know-it-alls um, in the the Lincoln Square AMC Theater. It was huge. It was amazing. How, how was it? That was kind of phenomenal to see all those people in one theater to see know-it-alls. It was, it was pretty crazy. Yes. Um, and I, I did get asked recently, can I explain more about who my guest is? So for any crazy person that doesn't know Nicole Sesternino, she is, in fact, the wife of Rob Sesternino. So if you're a a fan of this podcast, you should already know who Nicole is. Uh, Even if you don't listen to the rest of RHAP, because you obviously would have listened to the very first episode with (laughs) Rob Sesternino, Um, the first lady of podcasting. uh, She was part of the start of Rob Has a Podcast um, and continues to be a uh, key cog in the works, I think. Oh, that's very sweet. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Uh, I've also heard yeah, that she's very helpful in, in helping Rob stay on top of emails. I have been trying. I try to keep on top of it. I'm, I'm kind of like, it's either I'm right on top of it, like like I don't have a life, or it takes a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how I feel. Like, uh, even just like myself, like for Twitter and, and messages and stuff, it's like, if I if I just did nothing but respond to things, I would just always be responding to mm-hmm. things. So yes. then it's like, how do I find the balance? Because then I feel like I'm just never responding to things. And then it's just, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a mess. I kind of call it like I do it like loser quickly. Like I'm, I'm such a loser that I, I like I just have my phone in my hand all the time. Like <laughs> either like you send me a text message, you're probably not even done like sending me the text message and I'm already replying or it takes a week for me to reply. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no there's Pretty no much. in between. Yeah, it's it's just like uh, I guess like when I have when I find a moment of downtime, it's just like all right, let's go through the notifications and try to. But then if there's too many, I'm like, ah, it's too many though. <laughs> and then you go, and then you want to go back, and then you never do it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. So, uh, Nicole, tell me more about your what's what's the Nicole origin story here? Where did you where did you come from? Where'd you grow up? Oh goodness! Um, where did where did I grow up? I grew up mostly mostly on Long Island, New York. Uh, originally born in Queens, then moved to like Long Island when I was about seven, I think, and I spent most of my life there until I moved to Los Angeles. What, what what's it like growing up in New York? Like, were you in the city? We were, yeah. Queens is kind. It's not Manhattan. It's like the outside of of Manhattan, and when it was. It was nice. We went to public school. Um, was, I don't know. It was pretty pretty normal, I guess. Um, we didn't have a lawn, which is what I, what I remember my dad going saying that he just wanted to move us somewhere where we had green grass. So he moved us to Long Island. Oh. Yeah, I, I grew <laughs> up in in a small town in Maine, so I'm very like unaccustomed to like uh, the city schooling and and what it's like to be a, like 
a child in a city. I don't know. It's just like a strange concept to me. Yeah, I just remember seeing like videos of us when we were little just playing um, like in our like small little backyard where it was just like concrete riding our bikes like five feet, like the, like five <sighs> feet one way, five feet the other way. And that was it. Yeah, well, like like exploring in the woods was like a key key component of my childhood. Like uh, we just go exploring because there's vast woods everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, but if if it's just like a city, then you're just exploring the city. Yeah, I don't think Different. we my my parents didn't really take us uh, exploring any 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 parts of the city. There was <laughs> yeah. there was three of us, and to pack us all in the car and take us someplace, I think my mom would rather have um, you know just hidden her room. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was your interests growing up? Like, what did you what did you like to do? Um, I was always into sports, believe it or not. When I was growing up, um, that was just one of my one of my talents, or probably maybe my only talent when I was little. I was a big um. I was a big baseball player, oh. which is kind of strange. Why is it strange? Because I was the only girl that ever that would play. I played baseball up until I was like 16. Did you play? Was it just like um, like like games with your friends or was it like in part of like the official baseball team? At both. I would I would play. Um, I played on a like the little league team up until I was like 16. And then I play. We used to play. um baseball in like the streets we used to like builds um or draw bases on the uh, on the ground and or in the street and then um just have it have a have a game it was like every yeah, day I, I i played baseball when i was a kid i played a bunch of sports but i did play baseball at one point and i really hated it because like one of the first like at bats i had at a game i got like smashed in the head with the <laughs> the ball from the pitcher and I had a helmet on. It was fine. But That's I was just awful. like terrified of getting hit by the ball every time I was at bat. And then uh, so I was just like, I was just, this is not for me. I don't like this. I'm too scared. That's really funny because when, um, when I would play, I was, I'm little. So I had like no strike zone. So I would often get hit with the ball, which I didn't care because it got me on base. And I had like, <laughs> bru- I had bruises all over myself. That was very pain averse as a child. <laughs> I did not, I did not like pain. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And you know what? It's, it's annoying too. Cause like, uh, you know, all, all the little boys, they just want to play these like painful games, like, uh, tackle people, uh, hit people. Uh, how much pain can you tolerate? Uh, I was not, I was not a fan. I feel like I would have been the person like hitting you. <laughs> you probably would have. <laughs> yes. There were, I had, there were girls at school that liked to hit me. <laughs> there was a girl oh, who, who liked pulling my hair and I had longer hair at the time. So it was even worse than it is now. I think she had a crush on you. I think she did too, but I did not know <laughs> it at the time. It was very annoying. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, so, uh, going through like um what, you eventually moved to LA but where what was the process there like how, did you did you always expect to stay in New York or or did you always kind of expect that you'd move elsewhere Um you know what it was it's actually really strange I always knew that I would somehow end up in California I just always knew that's where I would end up how or why I didn't know um so when the opportunity arose, it just felt natural to to come here. Like it wasn't even a question of whether I was going to come or not. It was like, yeah, I'm moving. Like Rob's moving, I'm moving. What What made you think California was the place you'd end up? Um, I don't know. I just always felt like my life was more than just like 
growing up on Long Island and kind of just doing the same thing as everybody else, like going to school, getting married, having kids and just like the normal like day to day. Like I just knew that that wasn't going to be my life. I don't know why I just did. Yeah, because like I feel like that's something that I've heard from a lot of the people that I've interviewed on this show, like um, Eric Stein in particular, like stands out to me where it's just like he said, yeah, I've just never been somebody that like. I, I I marched to the beat of my own drum. Like mm-hmm. I just never thought I'd be like everyone else and just do the everyone else thing. Um, and that's kind of what's been able to, you know, motivate him and, and, and get him to push the boundaries of where he is. Uh, and I, I definitely feel an affinity for that. Like, uh, you know, I, I had a job at an office, yeah. but I, even that was like, uh, I'm the video producer at an office. Like it's a little unconventional. And even that I was just like, nah, don't like this. Yeah. I want to do something else. Yeah. It's really funny that there was at one point in our lives while we were living in Los Angeles, um, we had contemplated very strongly whether or not we were going to move back. And we were really close to moving back. But then like, there was just something that I was like, I can't just be like, I can't be ordinary. Like that just sounds so boring to me just to be ordinary. Like I just need to be, I need to be who I am and be different and be around things that are just, you know, kind of not normal. You know, like our life isn't normal and it's what keeps us going and makes us happy. Did you all, did you find it like difficult to fit in uh, growing up? Was that like, do you feel like they're just, you didn't like, not necessarily that you didn't, couldn't like socialize, but, but like that you, that these people had goals that were just so dissimilar to yours and you wanted to be somewhere else? Um, yeah, you know, in a way it's just, it's like my, like thinking back on things, like, I don't think I ever had any like real goals. Like when I was going to school, I didn't know what I was going to school for. I just kind of like got through things and I just kind of floated my way to where I am if that makes any sense. Like I, I never really like some girls grow up and they're like, all right, I'm going to get married. And they like, they picture their wedding or they, they go to school and they know exactly what they were going to be. Like I had no idea, like none of those things ever really, like I wanted to be a baseball player. Like that was my goal when I was little. And then like, I was thinking about this last night that like, what did I want to be when I grow up? And I was like, I, I don't know. I don't think I ever really had, I don't think I ever really knew what it was that I wanted to be. Yeah. Did, was there ever a point where you, where you thought like, that maybe you would figure it out? Like, I mean, when you went to college, did you think like, I need to figure this out? Or did you just kind of go? Well, I I went to a community college and we just kind of like partied our way through school. And then I, you know, I figured it out where I wanted to be a nurse. But that was like when I had to like figure it out. But Mm. I didn't have like in high school, I never really had a goal of what I wanted to do. I just always was was pretty easygoing in in where my life would lead me. Yeah. Just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. Well, what what led you to to being a nurse? Um, I think it was when my grandmother she lived with us um, for a little bit, um, and she had um, she had Alzheimer's, and it was when it was getting really bad. Um, she um, it was like I was the only person that was able to to relate to her and talk to her. Like she thought that she used to try to get like lifesavers from my dad because she thought those were actually like saving her life. Um, like she was just deteriorating really fast. And like, I was the only one that can make sense out of what she was saying. And then they kind of like take her out of her, of her, um, I guess her like dementia that she was having and have her like come back to reality. So I realized that I kind of, I had a talent for, for helping people that really no one else could help. And then yeah. 
and then I went into and then I decided to, you know, stop partying and get serious about school. Um, that makes sense. I mean, I, yeah. I think that like, you know, maybe, maybe it's maybe it's just for like people that that want to do something unconventional. But like, um, I think, you know, part of what drew me to to video and, and film and TV and, and all of the stuff that I'm interested in is that like that was what sort of I was drawn to to get me through like hard times when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and so like it really drew me to that. And I feel like when you have those moments of like difficulty and struggle, like the thing that you latch onto is the thing that you find yourself like wanting to continue after it's over. Yeah, totally. Um, and I kind of get like a high out of helping people that other people couldn't help, which is maybe that's why I take care of babies and people uh, like I take care of really sick babies and nurses and doctors and people come up to me and they're like, you know what? I could never do what you do. And I say, well, that's why I do it because, because I can. And, but that's why I don't do what you do because I can't do that. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. I, and you know, I think when you find the thing that you, that you can do, especially when it's that, I don't know, do you, do you find it, do you find it rewarding? Do you find like, it really like makes you feel accomplished or like, um, like satisfied with, with, like what you're doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I Rob will, he will always say that I'm the happiest. I'm my happiest self when I'm helping other people. Um, I just like I do kind of get a high off of the after after I just make somebody else happy or make somebody else well. Like that really genuinely makes me happy. And it's and I guess it's a gift that I have where I can I can really just help people that most people can't. I mean, I mean, I think that's amazing. And I, and I think like I think a lot of people find it rewarding to help other people. But to be able to like really just like that's the thing that really drives you. Um, like, do you do you find that is like a very good thing or do you find yourself having difficulty um, being able to, to help yourself? Because I know that I think people that often give to other people will often give too much and not know how to really help themselves. Do you, do you find that that's true of you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yes. Uh, I am not good at helping myself. And sometimes I feel like I'm helping others because um, I'm like in a way kind of hiding from myself a little bit. Like I just, it's, it's better for me to help other people than to help myself. Like sometimes I just don't want to go there. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, that makes perfect sense. It, do, I mean, do, have you sort of like found a way around that to like sort of cope with that that difficulty? Um, yeah, I and I think that's a lot in like in Rob. Like Rob, he's he's uh, he's a really good person, and he's taught me how to take care of myself by like him taking care of me, um, and it's showing me that like there are things that need to be taken care of, and we kind of do it together. I mean that that that's great to hear. Um, <laughs> 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 well, I mean, from from what he talked to me about, like it really does seem like like he he could not be where he is without your support. Like especially in those times when, like you know, he he didn't really have a whole lot left going on, and he like really just needed to to throw himself into the podcast. Like you were there being supportive. Um, and you know, I think that if, if you can find, like, if, if you're somebody that's like super supportive and able to do that and, and you, ha you find somebody that compliments you well, I think it's, it's obvious that, that you two compliment each other well enough that, you know, this thing has been able to grow so big. And I, and I think that, 
it's not just Rob. I think it's the combination of the two of you that's been able to let it flourish. Yeah, I I get a lot of people asking like advice on relationships. And I just like, I really feel like those like fairy tales, like they do come true because like our life is an example of that almost because without each other, we would have nothing. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't, not to pat myself on the back, but I think that if it wasn't like, if I wasn't there supporting him, I don't know a lot of women who would, if that right. makes, you know, not to sound like yeah. a jerk, but, no, like, no, but it, it, it on the other sense. hand, like I wouldn't be able to do what I do without him, you know, supporting me and helping me grow and helping me become the person that I am. Like he has helped me to become a confident person and be just like be okay with who I am because he loves me no matter what. And he's seen me be real crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's important. Like, I think that, you know, I think that a lot of people look for like, just like equivalence in relationships, but I don't think it needs to be like always equal. I think it just needs to balance out. Right. Like, yeah, if, like you can have different personalities and different styles of, of things, but as long as it balances out in the right way and, you know, it, as long as it works that way, then I think it's like, that's what you should really be looking for. Yeah. And then someone that you can just be like your complete, complete self with, which yeah. I feel like is really hard now with everything with, you know, the, you know, social media, the freak, the stupid Kardashians, like it's really <laughs> hard to be yourself and to find somebody that actually you can be yourself with and not be afraid. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's funny. Cause I like, I was just talking to Johnny Mac about, about that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause uh, well, I mean, he was talking about like how, um, where he grew up, it was like, oh, you find your trophy wife. And like, that's just what you do. And he was like, well, I've sort of like finally realized like, that's not what I want. And so I asked him like, well, what's, what would be your relationship advice? And he said, just like, like, don't try to impress people. Like, don't try to like be somebody you're not like, find somebody that you can just like be yourself with. And like, Mm -hmm. it seems like common sense, but I think that, you know, you, you really like your first instinct is like, well, no, I want to present my best self. I want to like be like the best person that I can be and like, you know, try to, to, you know, show off my good qualities. But, um, it, I, I think that, you know, and maybe that's not the worst thing in the world when you're first meeting somebody, but right. you don't want to show the crazy right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, my opening line is not, uh, Hey, I'm a reality TV podcaster that doesn't have a full-time job anymore. How are you doing? I want to go out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, you know, being able to just really be yourself and find somebody that, that not only accepts it, but compliments it in their own way, I think is important. Yeah. I feel like also like growing up, like trying to find your authentic self is not always easy. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, um, I, I definitely had problems with it myself. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for as much difficulty as I had when I was growing up, I think in some ways that benefited me in terms of finding my like out who my authentic self was because I had a lot of opportunity for like deep introspection and like, I feel so terrible. There's nothing to do right now other than try to figure out how to not feel terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. Yeah. I mean, I look at my boys and I I just want to... um, like I want to be like their guide in mm-hmm. helping them to figure out who their authentic self is, like who they are without being afraid of of that, because I think that's just like so freeing to just at an early age to be able to say, this is who I am. 
Yeah. That's And that's it. Like, this is who I am and I know who I am and I'm not afraid of that. Yeah. And I think one of the difficulties is that we are we are such a tribal species and like we just we want to fit in like that is in mm-hmm. our, our, it's our so instincts. Important. Yeah. And, and, it, and it is important in some ways, but not I don't think not to the extent that we feel it, because, you know, I think if you go by like evolutionary science, then like back in the day, uh, if you didn't fit in with the tribe, then you were ostracized and you died. Because and you, you were killed. With, yeah. <laughs> um, but but now it's like if you don't fit in, it's fine. You're going to be fine. Like you'll find some people that you can get along with, like with the with the Internet, with the size of of our society, like you will be able to find people that agree with you and that that um, not necessarily agree with you because you don't want to just always find people right. that agree with you, but people that that, that can uh, relate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and and so like I, for me, like the thing that I would want to foster the most is just like independence, just like being able to stand on your own and make your own decisions and not just feel like, well, this is what everyone is saying or doing. And therefore, um, you know, it's important for me to follow along that. And it, I think that's, that sounds obvious when you look at like, oh, don't do drugs just because everyone's doing drugs. But it's also like, um, I don't know, just like, like any little thing, you know, any little thing, just question it and decide, is this what I want to be doing? Because if it's not, you should feel free to not do it. You like, know? I don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the good things about RHEP is that it's built like this community where people can be themselves and it's all, it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I think it's, it, I, I, it's not always easy to, to be able to like, like, as just like, you know, if you go out into the world and you're like, yeah, I'm a part of a podcast community where we talk about the intricate, like, uh, strategies of Survivor and the characters. And I, I was just at an event where we watched Survivor in a movie theater. Like, <laughs> uh, like people may respond a little strangely to that, but you know, it, like you don't have to, you don't have to like let that impact you, you know, just like be who you are and, and be okay with it because you know that there are, you know, five, 600 people out there who were also at that event who yeah. understand exactly what, uh, what, who, what, and who you are. It's funny because I was talking to a few people actually, um, about that. And some of them, they, they come to these events by themselves, which is totally cool. Um, and I actually admire that. And, um, I said, oh, you didn't want to invite any of your friends. And he's like, no, I don't really tell them about this. This is just <laughs> this is just for me, which yeah. is which is cool. You can do something by yourself and have like this whole other life where you can be you. Yeah, totally. I, it, for for a while, I never I didn't tell my friends uh, that I was into the show at all. Uh, it wasn't yeah. until Big Brother 8 um, and I'd been watching from from two uh, that I told anyone. And it was like a surgical strike. I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to not only tell them, but I have to like get them into it as well so that they don't judge me for it uh, um and and it worked like i got my friends into it and then they kind of fell off because obviously nine was after that and come on it's nine obviously um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah i i did i felt like i like i can't just say i watch big brother and i'm obsessed with it and i watch the live feeds because like especially then like i i i had i had no good explanation for like what you watch people on like 24 7 like I mean, are it you sounds a crazy total creepy weirdo <laughs> um and so i was totally just af- afraid to to just be out there and say that um and you know look at me now <laughs> yes but you're a happy guy and you're successful and you're you made a lot of friends and like this is this is cool yeah exactly i like you know it, it don't shy away for like 
One of the things when Rob put out the call for live feed correspondence, one like one of the things that I thought about was like, do I want to be out there known as somebody who is this obsessed with Big Brother? Like, is that something I want to be out there about me? It's going to be in a Google search. Exactly. Like everybody's like, going to know. <laughs> when you search Taryn Armstrong, it's like uh, Big Brother tweets everywhere, uh, you know. And I was just like, you know what? Whatever. Like, that's fine. And I'm I'm so happy I made that decision because like, it, you know, for, for every uh, weird guy at the stupid podcast NPR place that, that judges me for saying uh, I'm into reality TV, <laughs> there's 500 people in a theater that are like, that uh, love you. hey, Taryn, what's up? Like, how's it going? And that's Can I just... take a picture with you? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's awesome. Yeah. It is pretty awesome when you get to go to these events and people like really, they, they, they love you and they want to take pictures with you and they want to, you know, get to know you and spend time with you. Like they spend so much time listening to everything that you have to say. And then when they meet you like that, it, it actually means something to them. Oh, yeah. I, I get I get nervous about that, too. Like, uh, I'm totally going to disappoint you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. I don't know. You know, I, I do my best. Uh, I've said on this podcast before, I'm like not the most like extroverted person in the world. So uh, like I, I try I try to do my best and be friendly and, and you know, talk to everyone. But man, I get overwhelmed in those bars. They're so crowded and it's noisy. Um, yeah. But uh, but it's it is, I mean, it's I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's so much fun it's um, so much to fun. get to meet all the people. Um, and I and I really enjoy meeting people. I just worry that I'm not like living up to their expectations. I think they know who you are and they, they're not expecting you to be like this super like um, outgoing person. They like you because of of you're just you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean i i've 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 had no negative experiences meeting people uh i've just i have read on reddit once that like oh taryn was just sitting in a corner the whole time uh <laughs> <laughs> no i don't do that <laughs> maybe you'll, just a tiny bit some people are really mean <laughs> Um, but I mean, it really is fun and it must be like even crazier for you, like having been there from the beginning, watching this grow. And then like, you know, this seems like a, a culminating point where it's like you know, this huge theater, so many people, but it's really just another step. Um, and I think it's, it's only getting bigger from here. So like, what does that feel like? It's kind of surreal. Um, what was it a few months ago? Like I kind of disappeared a little bit off of um, RHAP for a while. Like I had, I had the boys um, and I, like, I, I still was, I did the five for fives with Rob and I was still kind of a part of it, but I didn't really experience a lot of it for, for a while. And then when I went to the big brother show in New York a few months ago, I walked in and everybody's just started cheering and I forgot what it was like. And then I looked over at Rob and like he was all excited that, you know, people were excited to see me. And he kind of like it was like prideful a little bit. Mm. And I kind of got a rush over it. And I was like, I really forgot how amazing this this feels. And I went home and Rob and I were talking. And that's when we decided that I should do more within, you know, the podcast, like take care of the emails because um we forgot people like me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was, it, it was kind of a reminder and um, it's actually brought Rob and I closer um, since then. I feel like, because, you know, this is a huge part of his life and for me to, to help him um, just 
it it feels right and it's just it's just made us made us closer that's awesome yeah did you did you feel like like you had trouble connecting when you weren't as as big a part of it because you like lived kind of separately because i mean for rob like this is this is his daily life like he's super busy doing this and if you're super busy taking care of the kids and like there's no intermingling of those two things there must be some difficulty trying to like bridge that gap Yes. I mean, he was so busy doing his thing with the podcast and I was so busy doing my thing with the boys and I was losing my mind a little bit with the boys um, just being a mom 24-7 and then him doing podcasting 24-7. We were kind of living in two separate worlds, um, which wasn't good. And mm. uh, like every now and then we'd, we'd come together and we'd talk or whatever, but it it it, it was definitely not how it is now because... I think of because like we've we've merged worlds right so to speak um so it's definitely easier now that we've we've done that there's less fighting (laughs) (laughs) yeah well uh tell me tell me your perspective because uh i'm I'm, i think i asked rob this question when i did his interview was about like how you two met but like um like what was your perspective meeting rob i've known him since i'm in seventh grade me and his sister um were best friends like we were inseparable um starting in seventh grade and then we we went to different colleges and we didn't really talk and then one day um one random night i saw her at a bar and i was like i'm gonna call you we're gonna hang out and she's like okay and then the next day i called her and we hung out and we were inseparable again since then and Actually, I'm going to rewind a little bit. I remember like little tidbits of Rob um, when we were like in middle school, I want to say, and he was in high school. I would just kind of see him. And for some reason, just like I, I can vividly see him just like walking down the hallway, like why that like stuck out in in my mind. Like, how would I have known, like, you know, how many years later I'd be <laughs> like married to this guy that yeah. I just I can see walking down the hallway, like causing trouble. I remember he was walking to like his art class and I remember seeing him like kind of like harassing the teacher. <laughs> like he was, <laughs> he wasn't being a, a very good student and um, like the little things like that I remember. And then um, I saw uh, when Survivor started, his parents had um, parties every Thursday to watch Survivor. And there was like, there was a lot of people there. And we used to watch it with him and then we would go out to the bars afterward, afterwards and we just kind of just kind of clicked. And it was like almost instantly where I remember seeing him on screen and going, oh, my God, Rob's bro- um, Lisa's brother is cute. And I look over and, I, and Rob's like staring at me at that like exact moment. And then that was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> well, was it. Was it weird like like getting to know someone in that way while they're also on TV? I feel like it was just like that was the perfect thing for us. Like it was so, but, and I I think it describes our entire life. Like it was so extraordinary that it was perfect for us. Like it just worked that way. Yeah. Did, were you ever uh, like, did you ever like make fun of him for like silly things he said on the show? Well, that's my go-to move when I like would, would try to like impress people. I make fun of them. (laughs) So I would, (laughs) I would make fun of him. (laughs) I'm like a dude. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's a good move. Yeah, it worked. It worked. So whatever. Yeah. Um, so uh so pretty much like while while Amazon was airing, like you were you were you started dating at that point, or was it after it finished? While it was airing, we started dating. He can tell you the exact episode that it was. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so like it, it was like during an episode. Yeah, it was some important episode. <laughs> okay. Um. So, uh, so, um, this was back when like Survivor was still pretty pretty huge. Um, like how like how much, but but social media wasn't super huge at the time yet. So like mm-hmm. how much of like the the public or the fans were involved in that sort of like era of of things like did you have any interaction with that kind of thing it's funny because it was survivor six so it was still like when it was when it was kind of kind of crazy that we used to go out and he would get recognized quite a bit on long island and um it was pretty cool and but there were i remember he used to go and do like events and i would just like tag along with him um and then they're like, I remember he and he he'll 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 say this isn't true, but um, there'd be girls that would like that would try to hit on him, and I don't know if he was oblivious or he was just <laughs> he thinks I'm dumb, but um, like it it, it I don't want to say it put a strain on our relationship, but it it made me it made it did make me jealous. I became yeah. a little jealous. Well, I mean that must be a weird experience, like having to sort of share this person with with the world and, and like these, these fans. And especially if he's getting hit on, um, like what, how do you, uh, how do you handle that? I just kind of, I just kind of dealt with it. I mean, I would definitely like give a lot of dirty looks and put on my <laughs> mean face a lot. Like I was definitely really, you know, I would say the B word, but, um, <laughs> uh, but not to, not so much to him. I wasn't the, the B word until like much later to him, but <laughs> <laughs> um so uh so when did it like did you feel like it was like very serious from the start or did you did you not really know where it was headed um it was you know it was it was a relationship that I never really had to question like it was always like I never ever questioned his intentions Mm -hmm. I never questioned whether he you know cared about me it was and I think that's why it worked because we never had to like question each other like it was just it was just really good from the from the beginning um I never had to worry if he was going to call me like he always did. I never had to worry really about anything because it was always just it was always about us. Um, and that's that's something that I tell a lot of people that uh, that ask for relationship advice. Like if you're constantly questioning things like it's not working. Mm-hmm. Like and you we just, never you had just to... felt like like it was solid. Like, yeah, it was just a good relationship. Like we were just we were just meant to be together. Mm-hmm. So when did you uh like, did you move in together or did you move to like, what, what, and then you also moved to LA. Like what, what was that sort of decision-making? So he, we were, I was living at my parents' house going to nursing school and he was living in a house with like three other guys. And then he got the call, um, to move to Los Angeles. And so then he went, this is like a year and a half into our relationship and then he moved and I stayed in, on Long Island to finish school and then lived with my parents. And then it's basically as soon as I graduated, I was like two days later, I was on a on a plane headed to um, Los Angeles. We were living in West Hollywood and that was the first time I was ever on my own. I didn't go away to school. I was always I, was, I always commuted. And it was the first time I was ever like away from my parents. And <laughs> it was kind of a tough transition for us. Yeah. Was it what well, was it like a, a scary thing? Like not only going out there on your own, like for, like traveling for the first time, but like even just like not only making the transition from like 
in this relationship. Now we're going to be living together, but also it's going to be across the country and like I'm going to be in an entirely new environment. Yes and no. I mean, it, I I loved being on Long Island and I feel like I was a little brainwashed from my parents a little bit. Like they made me think that I needed them more than I, I really did. <laughs> <laughs> so when I moved, um, like it was difficult until like I realized, wait a second. I don't need my parents. Like yeah. I'm my own person. I don't need them. I can totally do this. And then when I started being able to have my own, like my own thoughts and make my own decisions, like it was fine. Was it hard being away from Rob in the, like the interim bef- between when he went and when you went? Yes, it was. He was also having so much fun in Los Angeles with Johnny Fairplay and I was stuck at home <laughs> with my parents. Oh no. <laughs> that's, that's the last thing I like if, if, if like I was separated from my significant other and they were hanging out with Johnny Fair, like that's the last person I would want them hanging out with. Absolutely. It was <laughs> awful. But I mean, I really liked Johnny Fairplay um, at the time. And whenever I would come to visit, like I always had like the best time with him. Um, but I was there. And mm-hmm. then like when they were having the best time, like I know and I know what Johnny Fairplay is doing, like when, <laughs> yeah. while I am there, I can imagine what he's doing when I'm not there. So it, that was a little bit hard. Yeah. And plus, I mean, I was studying for nursing school and he's going out and partying, but it all worked out in the end. Yeah. And I mean, like, I mean, that's probably another thing where it's like, you know, at least this was this was Rob. Like, this is not Johnny Fairplay. Right. Like, so you there was probably some level of confidence there. Yeah, I knew he wasn't messing around or anything. Yeah. He was, yeah, I mean, he came home and he like called me every night. Like we we were fine. But what was crazy was like the day that I moved to Los Angeles was like the day he stopped hanging out with Johnny Fairplay. <laughs> <laughs> like all the fun stopped when I got there. <laughs> he had a grace period. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once you, once you got to LA, was it difficult to sort of establish like uh, a life there or did you were you prepared already like what was the what was the plan um I feel like I'm like the queen of never having a plan and I just do things um so I wasn't really prepared for like not having any friends and you know I basically I was starting an entire new life I had a whole new identity I was this person that nobody knew in Los Angeles I was a new nurse which is which is huge I have like lives in my in my hands Mm-hmm. Um, I was living in this city that was just so big and full of beautiful people. I was in a, this relationship with this wonderful man that I never lived with before. And now all of a sudden I'm living with him. I'm away from my parents. Like this whole, it was like, my life was a snow globe and it was shaken up completely. And like all the pieces were just try, like slowly falling down. And then sometimes it was like a blizzard and then sometimes it wasn't. Yeah. Well, it, was it, was it difficult to, to handle that or was it kind of exciting or was it both? It was both. It was both. It was exciting. It was a little lonely because it was just me and him. I didn't have any any friends and you know, people at the hospital. They were nice, but there there weren't a lot of people that I wanted to be to be friends with. They were mostly older than me. Um, so I had a hard time just uh, just making friends and kind of finding my own my own way in um, in Los Angeles. Did you eventually like uh, like find friends and and stuff like that, or do is that something you still struggle with? Um, now I have, I have, uh, I have a lot of friends, which I'm really happy about. Um, but I, I, I kind of buried myself in exercising and working out and that's pretty much what I, what I did. And I discovered like this whole other part of me that I, that I fully enjoy. Um, and then I started making friends and I kind of learned about myself where, um, you know, it, it's when you're a kid or, you know, growing up, like girls are really mean and girls like they, they, they talk so much crap. And I did, I did that a lot. 
And that's not nice. And you lose a lot of friendships along the way from from being like that. And it's taught me um, to value friendships more. Mm-hmm. Because um, you don't want to be the person that is, you know, just not very, not not very nice and talking about other people. Like I'm really, um, I feel like I've really come out of that where I'm much happier being like, uh, like I don't want to deal with your gossip. Like I don't gossip. I don't talk crap. Like if I don't like you, I'm just not going to hang out with you. And just trying to take a stay, stay away from that. Yeah, I mean, like going back to uh, what we were talking about before in terms of like finding like independence and and stuff like that. It sounds like, you know, having time to be able to focus on yourself, uh, Mm -hmm. like, you know, being in a new place without the influence of a bunch of other people, like you were able, really able to like find your, your true authentic self. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm much, I'm, I feel like right now this is like the happiest I've ever been with in myself because I'm much more confident and like, I don't need anybody else, but I like having other people. And like the mm-hmm. people that are in my life are in my life because I want them there, not because like I just have this need to feel like liked by everybody. Like if you don't like me, I really, I really don't care. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that, that Rob helped you uh, sort of get there. Like, uh, how did that happen? Rob is just always very supportive. And um, he, like when I get down, he's like able to figure out what it what I need to just be like lifted back up and he just reminds me of the things that I'm good at and the things that are you know are good in my life and helps me to just get my crap together yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I know that no matter what he loves me so I'm gonna like that that alone is like enough to keep you going Mm -hmm. and he and he's seen a lot of my crazy (laughs) (laughs) Well, like if 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 there's somebody like listening that that has trouble with that, like that that has trouble finding confidence or um or any of that, like like how would you say that you arrived there? You just gotta shut down, like shut down the the nonsense that you're hearing in your head. Like there's there's people that just that aren't for you. They're like they. I don't want to say they suck, but they suck for you. Like they're people that you shouldn't be around. And if they're making you feel like if they're making you question yourself or if they're just like negative, you got to get away from that. Like negative people just suck the life out of you and they make you a negative person. Um, like Rob always says, you're, you are like the five people you hang out with. So if the five people that you hang out with are constantly, you know, talking about other people, bringing themselves, bringing those people down. It's because that they're miserable and they're making you miserable. And it's like this whole big, you know, this, this whole big circle that keeps going round and round and round. Like you have to get away from that. And no matter like, no matter what you, you're, you are a pretty awesome person to, to somebody and that somebody is you. And you have to realize that before anybody else realizes that. Yeah, for sure. I, I sort of, um, I've, I've likened this before to like, uh, like we know that we have a finite amount of a finite amount of willpower like the like studies have shown that like if you have to turn down cookies or whatever then you'll do like worse in terms of like turning down things in the future like there's really a certain <laughs> amount that you can like if you're constant like so basically if you have cookies in your house and you know you 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 can't eat cookies like that's going to be a constant drain on you like all day long knowing that yes. the cookies are there and having to turn them down so it's best to just not have them in your house at all and that's sort of like what I think about in terms of like negative influences on your life where it's like you feel like well I know this isn't like the best person and I know and I know that they don't make me feel great but like I can handle it like I don't want to have to like push them out of my life just because they're having a negative impact on me like all I have to do is just 
say no to it, like keep it at a distance, whatever. Um, but that that is, even if you feel like it's not impacting you, it is on some level, it's going to be draining you draining your energy. Um, and y- you might not even notice it. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's important to recognize. Yeah. Yeah. And if you always have to question your relationship with somebody like, like in a friendship, like that's your answer right there. Mm-hmm. Like this, this person doesn't really care. Yeah. All right. So when did like, when do you remember Rob having the idea to start the podcast? I remember we were living in uh, our second apartment and he was in his pseudo office or whatever it was at that time. And he had headphones on and he said, let's record a conversation. So I was like, <laughs> all right. And um, so I put the headphones. I don't even if, did we have headphones. I don't know. We had one microphone and it was in the middle of a coffee table, I think. And then he's just started asking me questions about how annoying I thought he was. <laughs> and, and that's it. And that was like a 10 minute podcast. And then he started doing it with um, one of his friends from college. And I never really thought anything of it. I didn't even know what a podcast was. And then he started, we started doing it about Survivor. And it was pretty cool that he put it out on the internet somehow. I don't remember. And we started getting like feedback from other people. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like people can listen to listen to me and they think I'm funny. Like this is, this is really cool. And then it just started getting bigger and bigger. And, um, at the time I was like his co-host and we used to Mm -hmm. do every podcast together and I would rush home from work to do the, um, the exit interviews on survivor. And, um, I remember like, I didn't even say anything. Like he was asking all the questions. I was like, I don't even know why I'm here on this (laughs) podcast. And, um, it just started getting bigger and bigger. And then he lost his job like two weeks after Dominic was born. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, I think I'm just going to do this full time. I was like, all right. And then, and then he did. And then here we are. Was that, was that a a hard decision? Like did, did, were you just like immediately like, okay, this is what we're doing? Or did you feel some hesitation? Um, no, I, I, I was pretty confident that he would figure it out. Um, I usually like try to just trust like my gut feelings on things. And I didn't have like, I was like, okay, he's got this. But it was a tough transition because I went from having like this full total independence to having this tiny baby that depended on me all the time. And then my husband, who was working nonstop doing, I don't know what he was doing upstairs, but he was laughing all day long, having a good time. And I'm like with this, with this newborn baby. So that was, that was probably the toughest transition. Yeah. Well, what was the, what was it like to, to make the decision to have a baby? Uh, I went to the doctor and she said, okay, you're getting old. You might want to start having kids. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so pretty I said, simple, okay. actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I said, oh, okay. And then we, and then we, um, and then here we are. <laughs> Had you always wanted kids? I remember that I would, I, I feel like I always wanted, always wanted like a big family. Like I always wanted like four kids and um, I would always play house and I always just love babies. I mean, that's why I'm a baby nurse. Like I just loved babies. And, um, but we kept pushing back the kids because we had such a nice life. Like we got to do whatever we wanted. And I was not, not that I was selfish, but I just like, I got to go to the gym. I got to spend all my money on myself and do all the things that I wanted. I like, we didn't know if we were ready to, you know, start having, having kids. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't think we were ready. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so you just felt like, well, we're not sure we're ready, but then uh, your doctor was like, maybe get on that. <laughs> yeah, I remember I went there. She's like, so um, when are you gonna start having kids? We're like, oh, you know, maybe like in a year. And she's like, no, like in a month. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you're not getting any younger. And I wasn't even that old. Like I was, Man. At, at the time, I think I was 31, 32, something like that. This, that doesn't seem very old. It I doesn't seem very old. And I'm I actually like a little angry. <laughs> I feel like your doctor just like conned you into having kids. Like you just really wants kids out in the world. Do they make commission off of every baby they deliver? Like <laughs> <laughs> She totally conned us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so like i mean once you make that decision uh like where where do you go from there well i remember i went home and i told rob and he's like okay and then <laughs> we were we actually got pregnant the next month right after that but um we lost that pregnancy and that was that was like whoa what just happened and i don't think we realized how much we wanted kids until we lost our our pregnancy mm -hmm. which i don't we don't really talk about about that but that that did happen to us yeah i mean, I, I had no idea um yeah that that must have been so insanely hard um it was hard and but we had each other and we just you know we got through it it's mm -hmm. still hard at times um but it's it happens to a lot of people and a lot of people they don't talk about it because like you're not supposed to yeah um but it uh it happens and people aren't alone with it. Um, did that sort of like shake your confidence, like moving forward? Yeah, I felt like I, uh, like I failed. Like I felt I failed my, myself, my body. I felt, I felt like I failed Rob's mom because she was, that was right after Rob's dad passed away. So that was like the one thing that got her like happy. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like I took that away from her and then she was sad again. So yeah. I felt like, there was a lot, a lot of emotions with that. Did you go right back to, to trying after that or, or was it like difficult? Um, after that, we, we, we had to wait, I think it was three months and then, um, we pretty much got pregnant right away again. Um, but that whole time that we were, that we, the second time that we were pregnant, I was pregnant with Dominic. It was like so hard to be happy and excited because, mm -hmm we were so scared that was going to get taken away from us again because we like, we went from like the ultimate high to like the ultimate low when, when we lost the pregnancy. Yeah. Um, I mean, it must've been terrifying, like the whole time, like thinking that this could be taken away at any moment. It wasn't until like I saw his face and I heard him crying. Did I finally feel like I could breathe? Wow. It was like, okay, this is, this is okay. And we know what the crazy part was that Dominic's due date was Rob's father's birthday, which to me meant like, okay, Rob's dad is watching over this. He's got this. Like, this is a sign that everything's going to be okay. And every time that like, I would get nervous, I'd be like, okay, Rob's dad, he's got this. Like, he's telling us he's got this. Um, but I didn't fully believe it until I saw the baby come out. Well, obviously, I, I've never experienced uh, having a baby. Um, so... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to break it to you, but I don't think you will. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably not. Um, but uh, like what like what is the experience like even just beyond like the relief that it's that it's finally happening? But like uh, to to 
bring life into the world is there some kind of like metaphysical joy there or is it just like uh, this is normal i don't know the process of, of like labor and having a baby is probably one, one of my best memories and sometimes I, I work at the hospital that i that i um had both the boys at and when i go past the room like i still feel like that that magic every time mm. um it, it is like a baby started as absolutely nothing, not even an idea, and then becomes like this person with like this personality, a brain, blood, a heart, like all of these things that came from nothing. And then it comes out of your body. Like I housed this, this, this life, which is just so incredible. And um, pregnancy sucks, but the birth was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a good pregnant person. <laughs> did, were, did you immediately just like... Uh like fall in love with the baby like was it because you know you hear about that but there's also like i know there's a lot also like a lot of um like depression and stuff that can be associated with with uh you know postpartum stuff so like what what was that experience um i didn't really feel the oh my god i'm so in love with this baby right when i my like i met him like i obviously like this is my baby this is it was an incredible thing but like it was like a getting to know you process also i feel like that that took place. Um, I did have a little bit of postpartum depression with both of them um, because my life went from being completely selfish and all about me and to all about this baby. And then Rob started podcasting. So he was working and I felt like kind of alone with this, this human that just needed every fiber of my being, which was something that I wasn't used to. Um, so it was a tough transition, but you know, we, we both made it out uh, fine and we like each other. Yeah. Me and the baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it must it's it must be such a jarring transition to um to to you know be be somebody that that lives for yourself and then just like over the course of 9 months into one moment like it it all changes and like you're like the entire way that you've lived up until that moment is now completely different. Yeah, and I don't think anybody prepares you for that. Like I was not prepared for that at all. So if you're listening and you're thinking about getting pregnant, like it's going to be really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Like, er like everything is all about you. And then for nine months, everybody's catering to you. Like you are the princess, like the sun rises and sets on you. Then you pop this kid out and it's nothing about you anymore. <laughs> everything is about this child. And this child cries a lot and wants things. And you don't know what this child wants. And you're up all hours of the night feeding this, this child that you can't even that you kind of don't know very well. And he's just a baby that's crying all the time and just needs you. And you're not doing anything for yourself. Like your whole world is again, back to the snow globe, just got like shaken up and like, you're just waiting for everything to settle. And every time, it, every time it starts to settle, something new and crazy happens with the baby, like that like goes through different milestones and different changes and different needs. Like it's a wild ride for a year. Yeah. Well, does it feel like, does it feel like, um, especially when, when they're just a baby and like they're newborn, like, um, like you're trying to get through a transition period before they're like, you can really get to know them? Or does it feel like, like you're finding the joy even, even when they're a baby? You do find the, find, find the joy. Um, because there are moments where you're able to bond with the baby and like, you are everything to this child. Like the, you are everything. The mom is everything. And it's like you instinctually know what the baby wants, but you like, you kind of, you don't really know that you know that what the baby wants. Um, 
and just being a mom is is kind of like being like a superhero like you provide everything to keep this baby alive and i tell i, I now tell like the moms that as they leave the hospital um <laughs> i'm like this is going to be so hard and it's going to feel like it sucks at times but because you're feeling that way like that means you're a good mom because if you're too overconfident in it, that means that you're doing something wrong. Like it's going to be really, really hard mm-hmm. and your life is going to be very, very different. And no one else will tell you this. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like, um, like it's really changed the way, not only that you act, but that you see yourself like becoming a mom has become like a huge part of your identity. Yeah. I feel like I've become everything that I hated. <laughs> <laughs> like, like your your children really become like your life. Like there's nothing there's nothing that comes before your kids, except your your <clears throat> your significant other. But even at, at at times, like your children will come before your significant other. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I am a much more confident person because I have kids. Like I just don't care about nonsense anymore. Like and if you're if you're gonna cause any stress to my life, like just just don't just leave. Like I don't want any part of it. I yeah. don't and. Um, and you just surround, at least for me, like I just surround myself by people that I enjoy and I don't really care what other people think anymore. Like if you don't like me, it sucks for you, whatever. I don't, I don't care. And that's so freeing to be able to say that. Like I've waited so long to be able to say what, I don't care. You don't like me. Like you probably suck. Like (laughs) go. (laughs) Well, I think that's probably like an indication that you're, that you're a good mom because it really like. I think what's what's happened is they've really sort of enabled you to to not because you care so much about them that you that you're like, well, I've got everything I need here and like I don't need anything else. And and I think that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. And I feel like I want to give them the best possible life. Um, I feel like I had to learn a lot of lessons on my own and mm. I don't want them to have to struggle like that like i like i just want to model the best person i can be so they can be the best person that they can be like i want them to be to figure out who they are and by me being who i am and being okay with that i feel like will help them be like you know what i it's okay that i this is who i am this is this is who i am and my mother loves me like it's it's fine yeah i I mean i i think that a lot of people struggle with like you know, how to, I mean, how to raise children is probably one of the most controversial and like not just like understood topics. But I think like the one thing that you can do is just like be the best person that you can be to model it for your kids. And like, that's like the one thing that you're really in control of. Yeah. And I think back to like my childhood and a lot of the things that I didn't like about myself were just stuff that I was that I was modeling from from my parents and you, my parents, they did the best that they could. But there there are things that I had to learn that weren't OK. And I don't want I don't want my kids to 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 go go through that. Like, I want them to look at me and be like, you know what, my mom always had the not maybe not always had the answers, but my mom, she had really good advice. My mom was always there. She was able to help me get out of situations by letting me figure things out on my, on my own, but like guiding, like Mm. I want to be able to guide them in the right direction, but letting, let them figure it out. So I, I'm assuming that you, you think about this sort of thing a lot. Like you really just, you want to make sure that you, you have like, like, uh, I mean, you say that you, you don't like to, to plan very often, but it seems like you, you have thought about this. 
Yeah, this is the only part of my life that I planned because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's with my kids. Yeah, I mean, I thought a lot about this that, um, especially like while I was pregnant, of like what kind of mom I wanted to be, and it's really important for for to me to have them just have memories of me. I was would they get older and say, you know, I had a good mom. My mm. mom took care of me. My mom had the answers. Like just to be like a really positive person in their life, and then to never really bring them down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like the the one thing that like, you know, every person I have on this this show that that is able to talk about like, yeah, you know, my family's really close or my parents were super supportive and like they're the reason mm-hmm. that I that I got to where I am now. Like I think that's so valuable. Um and it's always like very very touching to hear. Um and so uh, it's very touching to hear the other side as well. The other know, side, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the it's really important to rob um that they are able to to follow their dreams and kind of like he did just to do whatever's in their heart so that's just it's important to us to let them know like your dreams are our dreams how how often do you like communicate with rob in terms of like trying to get on the same page as parents and like what like the goals are and the plan is i think we're pretty much on the same page um in general now we just have we have to check in about the way we discipline them because now Dominic is four years old and he's turning into, um, he's quite the talker yeah. and he, he likes to manipulate situations <laughs> and he doesn't really like to listen. And he's really, it's, it's crazy. The things that come out of his mouth while I'm trying to guide him in the right direction of his wrong direction. <laughs> and he has like an excuse for everything. And now we're going into temper tantrums and I'm sleep deprived and Rob's sleep deprived. And it's it's hard to, I guess, be on the same page with with disciplining. Well, it's not really hard. It's just um, we want to make sure we're doing the right thing. And every time you read something like you're doing, you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. The, uh, there's and a lot you, of conflicting and then you get mom information. Shamed. Yeah. Oh, you get mom shamed. Who do you get mom there's shamed a lot by? Of, I haven't really gotten too mom shamed, but... Um, if you look like in, cause I don't really post a lot of like mom stuff in like the fa- the mom Facebook groups, but they're, they get really, really like vicious and there's a lot of mom shaming, shaming. I don't know. You've heard the cool whip story. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've heard a, uh, I've been in a conversation that turned sour real quick over the topic of organic carrots. Oh my. Yes. Like moms are terrible <laughs> especially around here i have to imagine it, it's like uh there's got to be some like some insecurity involved. like i mean because you want to be the best mom that you can be and if you're not sure about what you're doing then it it like it makes you want it makes you like lash out when other people are challenging that yes yeah like i have a friend who um i really love her but her child, and this is her own decision, and she can do whatever she wants with her kid, where her her child only eats organic food. And if that's that's what you want to do, that's totally fine. Like, good for you. For us, we do, we do organic food, but I, I don't make myself crazy over it. And her child is not allowed to watch television. Um, but then there are times where it makes me feel like I'm not doing a good enough job because my kid is watching TV. And mm. she's telling me like the negatives of like, I know what the negatives are. They're going to turn into Rob. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. 
And is that really a negative? <laughs> exactly. I was going to like uh, if, if I didn't if I wasn't able to watch TV when I was a kid, I would not be talking to you right now for sure. You know, that's what I, that's what I keep telling myself when I'm like, oh, my God, they're watching too much TV. And I'm like, well, look at their dad. He's <laughs> yeah. right upstairs working from home. They're good. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, you can find something negative about about anything. And that's why it's probably so hard to be a parent and like trying to figure out like what should be allowed and what should not be allowed. Like, it's really like anything can be a negative in a certain if it's taken in a certain way. And so I think the best you can do is just, you know, again, be a good role model and like help them cope with whatever that they're doing or dealing with. Yeah. And if you restrict them too much, like it's like a teenager, if you give them too many rules and they're going to they're going to revolt and rebel against you, like this kid is going to go to school and he's going to dip his face in the sugar bowl is what's going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> I actually um, I think I heard I don't remember what po I listened to a podcast that said um, that the sugar thing like doesn't actually make children hyper, that it's like almost entirely a placebo, like through like parent expectations and and uh like because parents expect children to be hyper children act hyper and and i know that like i think in this podcast i listened to there was a parent that was like that is absolutely not true um and it's just it's a very uh interesting idea to me i don't know every time my kids have a juice box like i can tell instantly they had a juice box because they are literally banging their heads against the walls <laughs> like <laughs> The sugar is definitely making them hyper. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of like, uh, like I get very, um, I get like motion sick, like very easily. Um, uh -huh. And so like, like even just like stepping into a car without even moving can sometimes make me feel nauseous. Um, and people have been like, well, is it, is it just in your head though? And I'm like, well, no, because I forget. Like I haven't been in a car forever. <laughs> and then I, I sit into a car and I'm like, why do I feel not? Oh God. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's not me uh, <laughs> um so uh so like what, what like what would you say like you like have you come to any conclusions about like what what should be allowed what shouldn't be allowed i mean i know rob talks about um the the youtube channel um what's, what's ryan's the, toy ryan's, review yeah <laughs> yeah i don't hate children but i don't like that one <laughs> that child <laughs> i've never i should check it out it sounds uh you have to check it out this kid is making bank he's <laughs> making so much money off of being a spoiled brat do you think this is like a like a dance mom situation or, or like whatever it is where like the parent oh, is yeah. just like pushing it and, and raking in all the cash Oh, definitely. For sure. Like this kid has like he definitely has like a room full of toys that he hasn't even played with yet. And he's set for life in terms of money. Like this kid makes so much money. And it's just for like I'm paying six hundred dollars for an iPad for my child to watch another child play, play with toys. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting world we live in. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. <laughs> and I kind of wish I thought of it. Yeah. Well, can you imagine, like, when that kid grows up, he's going to be like, probably he's going to be like, yeah, I made the most amount of money I ever made in my life when I was a child for like it's only downhill. On <laughs> yeah. It's only downhill from there with this kid, right? <laughs> like, right. he's not going up. I hope he's investing well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Speaking of investing, my dad is, um, did, you, did you ever hear the story about my dad and the lottery ticket? Um, I, I'm not sure. I don't think so. My dad, um, he's retired and he worked, he works now at Costco 
and they asked him if he wanted to go in on a lottery ticket. And my dad said, no, you know what? I just won $700 off of a scratch off. You know, my luck is over. And turns out he was right that his luck was over because the ticket that they asked him to go in on won the Powerball. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Awful. And then I found out that he had stock in Amazon, like, I don't know, 10 years ago that he sold because he he made like $3,000 off of it. Yeah. Like, we'd be rich right now. Yeah. He also had stock in Apple like 15 years ago. And sold it because he won three. He he made three thousand dollars. I could not like live my life after that. Like I, he's I he was on a suicide losing. watch. Yeah, I seriously like I, <laughs> yes. I I would that would haunt me for the rest of my life. Like I, I like I would wake up every morning and be like, well, I'm here, <laughs> not somewhere else, and there's no money in my wallet. That, that one moment in my life. Could have changed everything. Well, he had three, three different yeah. moments. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I mean, like we've been playing, uh, we've been playing secret, we've been streaming Secret Hitler. It's like this, uh, this game where you have to like lie to people and you know convince them, like, oh no, I'm on the good side. Um, yeah. And like even like anytime you get tricked in that game, and I'm, I imagine it's very similar, only like to a much grander scale for Rob and Survivor. But like when you get tricked in that game, you're like, oh no. No, and uh-huh. you get haunted by it. You're like, man, if if only I'd paid attention to that sign, if I'd listened to myself, if I'd been more assertive here, then I wouldn't have been tricked. I wouldn't have elected Hitler as chancellor. It wouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, and that's just like a dumb game. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and this is real life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he, I don't think my dad understands um, the whole like Apple, Amazon mm-hmm. thing. Like, I don't think he realizes how much money he could have right now if had he not like sold it for three thousand um, dollars. But the the lottery ticket haunts him every time. Every time he sees a nice house, he's like, "I could have had it. <laughs> that could be mine." Oh man. Um. So so uh, like, do do you do you have like now that Dominic is older, especially like, uh, do you like? Okay, so when I when I went to LA, I had the chance to to hang out with with Dominic for a little while. Um, yes. and like for me just visiting, I was, this is awesome. Like what a, what an awesome kid. Like, this is such a great like moment. And like, uh, he's, he's adorable, like, uh, warmed my heart. Uh, but I, I, I obviously don't have to like care to him when he's uh-huh. like screaming. Um, yeah. so like how often do you have those, those moments of like, this is amazing. This is my child. And like, versus like, all right. Why, like, why are you screaming this time? What, what mess have you made? Like, uh, you know, at the past, I would say three weeks has been really hard. I don't know what it is. He just turned four. Like, there's the terrible twos, which he didn't really go through, and then there's the three nagers where he never went to, <laughs> and now I call it the effing fours, <laughs> and it's been it's been effing crazy. Like, he just has temper tantrums and he cries for no reason he doesn't get his way and he freaks out his brother takes his toys and i'm sure it's also a little bit anthony's getting older and he's dealing with his own stuff um but these temper tantrums and not listening and making a mess and just kind of like talking back is really draining yeah and like i go to sleep almost every night going Okay, you weren't exactly the mom that you wanted to be. Tomorrow's a new day. You're going to be a better mom tomorrow. 
and then the same thing happens. And, and it's just been a really hard three weeks. Yeah. Well, like, how do you like, what do you do in those moments? Because it, it, I like trying to imagine myself in in that position. I'd be like, like, I'm a very like, uh, like, I want to solve problems. So I'd be like, all right, what, what, are the, what is the thing I do to solve this? But I, I imagine it's like, there's no simple solution. Like, how, like, how do you how do you cope with that? Well, I try to reason with him, but you it's it's hard to to reason with like a terrorist and which is basically like what we describe him as. Um and and Rob tries to reason with him um a lot and I just see Dominic just staring at him going like I have no idea what you're even saying. <laughs> and then he just like walks off. But um, like I, I try to talk to him and I try to tell him, OK, Dominic, you got to clean this up. And if you don't clean this up, then I'm going to get I'm, I'm going to get the garbage bag and I'm going to throw everything out. And that usually gets him. Um, but sometimes I just find myself like raising my voice and then raising it a little bit louder and raising it a little bit louder because he's not listening. And he's going through this this period where he just does not listen. And it's maddening. It is so maddening. And I'm fighting with a four year old and I'm losing. I'm losing <laughs> an argument with a four year old. And um, I lose my mind sometimes and I and I yell and I don't want to like he's four years old. Like I shouldn't be yelling at this four year old. But that's what I find myself doing sometimes. And I go to sleep and I feel so guilty that I was just not the mom that I wanted to be. Like, I don't want them to grow up in a house where like there's always yelling. Um, and and there, there's not, it's not like that, but in my head it's, 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 it's like worse right, yeah. than what it, than what it is. And, um, it's just, it's trying to figure out how to effectively deal with this, this four-year-old that acts like he's 40. Yeah. But then acts like he's four. <laughs> Has it been has it been easier since uh, like you feel like you and Rob have kind of gotten on, on more of a same page? Um, It is, but it's not because <laughs> it's like when you're so stressed out, like you just like I, for me, when I get stressed, like I just want to yell <laughs> and um, like I don't want to yell at them. So I, I yell at Rob <laughs> instead and I lash out at him and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa I didn't do anything. I'm like, yeah, you did. And he didn't do anything, but it, it's just easier to lash out at him. And sometimes he, he gets it and sometimes he doesn't. I mean, I shouldn't be yelling at him, but it's just easier to yell at him than a four-year-old. I feel like that's more acceptable. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're going to yell at someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so like, uh, like how, do, how does he deal with those situations? Um, in certain things, he's, he's very patient. And then there's certain times that he's, he's not and he try and he loses his patience with them. But it's very easy to lose your patience when there's, there's two of them and there's only one of you and they're both ganging up on you. Like they both know exactly what they're doing to get what they want. And they're whining and they're crying and they're screaming and they're throwing things and they're making a mess and they're taking food and throwing it on the floor. Anthony's in the refrigerator, climbing in the refrigerator, eating strawberries, eating pizza. Like it's just, it's crazy town. <laughs> do you, do you ever like, do you try to take like the long view? Cause it's like, um, like, you know, like there are parents that are like, uh, like once, once the kid has gone away, like the moved away from home or whatever, uh, they're like, oh man, you know, looking back at all of the, you know, like I, I miss it now. Uh, do you ever try to like take that perspective? I have alerts on my phone that pop up through the day that say, hug your, hug your babies. <laughs> then one says, be patient. One says to laugh. One says they're only little once. Um, one now says, be nice to your husband. 
<laughs> and um, like they, and it's sad that I need these reminders. And one says, "Put down your phone." Um, <laughs> it's like I have my phone, and then I get an alert that says to put it yeah. down. Um, but like, it's so easy to get lost in the day. Like you forget, like to hug your babies. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. Let me let me take a moment and embrace the craziness. And I had this one um, uh, experience where I was. It was the first time I was out to dinner, not out to lunch, I think, with the boys by myself. And it was crazy. Like, there was napkins flying, food flying, toys were on the floor. Like, every time I sat down, I had to get up and pick up a toy or I had to wipe food off of somebody's face or stop somebody from hitting somebody. And, like, I was totally stressed out. I was like, why did I, why did I leave the house with these guys? Like, this was a terrible idea. And then I see this guy, like, behind me. And, and I, and I feel him like looking and I was like, oh my God, now I got a creeper behind me. That's like staring. And then he comes up to the table and he's asking me questions about the boys and I'm getting like kind of defensive. Like, why, why do you, why are you interested in, in the boys? And then he goes, oh, um, I have two boys that are two years apart also when they're 21 and 23 and, um, so they all, oh, they're, they're in college or whatever, or one's in college and one had moved out and, um, he started to cry. And he's like, I really miss this. Like there was this grown man, like crying over my shoulder, looking at my crazy life, telling me that he missed this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I had to like take a breath and say, and every time it gets crazy now, I'm like, I have to embrace the craziness because I'm going to miss this. Like this, this is the good times. Yeah. And you get so lost in the day to day with the crazy that you forget. Like this is, this is, this is magical. Like this time that we're living now is like, it only happens once and it's magic and it it's going to be gone and I'm going to really miss it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Rob often makes fun of you for not listening to the podcast <laughs> how yes. often do you right. really listen or not listen to rob's podcasts well i do subscribe on itunes now and i even have the rap app on my phone um i listen to every single game of thrones podcast and i got a little fangirly the other day when <laughs> i was at the um at the um the the know-it-alls in new york and i was up on the balcony and i was uh, waiting for rob to come out with the equipment and i heard i heard the josh wiggler giggle and i was like oh my god (laughs) i like i know him like why did i get like that (laughs) and um so i got really excited but uh i so i've been listening to i listened to your show the other day um in preparation for um for this and i think that you're doing an amazing job by the way you're doing so good and i know rob is really proud of you too means a lot yeah, well, you're really good. And, and I, I was like so nervous. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And he's like, don't worry. Taryn's got this. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I started listening to uh, to him and Steven um, with uh, mm-hmm. the know-it-alls. So don't tell him, but I listened to, to quite a bit. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever uh, do you listen to other other podcasts, too? I used to listen to the Anna Far- Faris podcast, right. but um, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I think I think some people um, like podcasting is a talent. Interviewing people is a talent, and some people are really good at it, and some people just they have their celebrity, right? You know, like me. Um, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah I didn't want to name any names, <laughs> but yeah, you were who I was talking about. The show um, runs one hundred percent off celebrity. <laughs> Um, so, uh, like Anna Faris will have, um, some celebrities also on her show. And then she's like, she teaches a class on podcasting and it made me angry because like 
Rob should be teaching that class. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he knows how to do a podcast. Like, you are a celebrity who has people that do this for you. And um, like you have a lot of listeners because you are a celebrity. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me being you know sensitive because Rob works so hard. Yeah. Do you do you ever see yourself uh, like getting even more involved with the with with RHAP, uh, like maybe doing more podcasts or doing more stuff behind the scenes? Or do you feel like this is the right balance right now? I think eventually um, um, I'll get a little bit more involved. I was talking with Rob the other day and he um, we kind of mentioned about doing more podcasts with him. Um, but I don't know how serious he is sometimes when he says things like that. Um, I definitely do enjoy um doing it with him i like um i like being part of his uh, being part of his world like this means a lot to him and i like i i like to share that with him yeah i mean i uh i've i've gone on record saying i think the five for five is uh is the best podcast uh on rhap um just because <laughs> you. you you and rob just have like the best uh dynamic um yeah you know pe- people talk about me and brent but i feel like uh you know the og dynamic is robin nicole um, oh that's that's sweet uh <laughs> people were saying that a lot at the um at the know-it-alls and it, 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 it like it it makes me feel so good when people when people say things like that because um it just means i don't really suck as bad as i think i do <laughs> no of course not and i mean like like you really were like i i, I think you're genuinely like if if we polled the RHAP audience, um, you know, I'm sure there's plenty that that aren't as familiar with you because it has grown since you have been right. less involved. But like anybody that has like that was there at the start or that is a patron and knows you and like listens to the five for five. I think I think most people would say like Nicole is my favorite. Oh, that's sweet. But I should be your favorite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you, do you, do you think that you'd ever stop the, the nursing or do you feel like that's something you want to be able to continue, you know, forever? Um, I don't think I could ever fully stop it. Um, first of all, like I'm still paying student loans from it. So I feel like I should at least pay that off before I, before I quit completely. Um, and I like it. It's, I, I like, um, I like what I do. I like being a nurse. I like helping people. It is incredibly stressful and I work the night shift and I don't get a lot of sleep. So like in a perfect world, I would say, yeah, yeah, like I, w- I don't want to work anymore, but I feel like I'll just always need that in my life um, because being a nurse is part of who I am. Um, but as the boys get older and they don't need me as much, um, I'm not going to pick up extra days at the hospital, <laughs> but maybe I-, I could help out more with Rob. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Nicole. Uh, this was so much fun. This was fun. I, I I was a little nervous, and I'm sure you can tell, uh, especially in the beginning. But you got me to warm up a little bit. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's. Uh, I think, I think people like uh, that's generally the experience people have. I think you know, especially yeah. like if they know what the show is about, then it's like they're like, oh man, like what am I? What am I going to talk about? Like. <laughs> Like I listened to the Josh Wiggler one and I was like, I don't have any comic book stories. Like I don't have, <laughs> yeah. I, like my life is so boring. And uh, then the, I listened to the Brent one. And I was like, Oh, I can't compare with that one. That was just like, I, I don't have any stories like that. Yeah. But, um, so I wasn't sure if I was going to suck or not. Oh no. I it, like, I think for me, just like anybody that has a different experience than I do, 
it's always going to be interesting for me. And usually when it's inter- interesting for me, like it's interesting for, for everyone because you can either yeah. relate to the guest who is telling their story or you can relate to me who is like discovering all of the things I always wish like I could ask about being yeah. a mom or like any of this stuff. So yeah, yeah I, I just think like, uh, again, like it, I if if I could do this podcast without having anyone listen, I'd still do it because it's, it's just fun to like have an excuse to just like talk to someone and ask them any question you want. So do you find yourself like interviewing people like in your regular life just to, yeah, because that's what you do. I actually did very recently. Like, uh, like I was talking to someone at the, the know-it-alls and they were like, uh, oh yeah, this is a question that I like, I feel like I've heard you ask this question on the challenge. (laughs) Like, oh man, (laughs) whoops. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's funny because when um when i'm out with rob he rob is always podcasting even when he doesn't have like a microphone in his hand um or hanging from the ceiling um he's always like interviewing somebody and i can tell when he's like kind of going into podcast mode and i'm like all right i gotta sit down because we're gonna be here for a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's weird like like especially even in like different podcasts like i feel like i have different almost even like different personalities or like different, like, uh, uh, like mannerisms in terms of my speaking. Um, uh-huh. like the, the Taryn show is definitely the most me, I think. But then like, I've got right. like American Ninja Warrior where it's just like constant snark with Lita and, uh, uh-huh. like big, big brother where it's like, I'm either like informative Taryn or arrogant Taryn who's like always right. Um, <laughs> and so I just feel like I have like multiple personalities. I'm a crazy person for sure. Um, but well, that's why you're good at this then. You, you have I, to be crazy. I, I, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, uh, like I, I mean, I think I was always somebody that um like i'm just i don't i'm not like great at small talk in general um, i hate small talk i hate it yeah. more, like out of all the things i hate in this world like small talk is one of them and i'm really really bad at it yeah i <laughs> me too <laughs> I, and rob is so good at small talk yeah like he can talk he can talk to like a wall and have like this great conversation mm-hmm yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, I I think that, like, going to events and stuff and doing podcasting has definitely, like, helped me be better at small talk. But, like, I started from, like, terrible. So now I'm, like, like bad, like, I guess. <laughs> but do you find that you're good at it now because people are asking you questions because they want to get to know you? It It is a lot easier when people are asking yeah. me questions, for sure. Um, And I have gotten better at asking questions myself, like, as an interviewer. But the problem is, like... I'm good at asking like deep questions. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I could I could ask like, so uh, you know, what was your childhood like? But people I don't You don't want to go like, down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I feel like people wouldn't respond well to that in a crowded bar. Or maybe they will, they've been drinking and they want to talk about their childhood. All right. Well, this was very fun. Uh I'm so glad we had a chance to uh to talk um and also record it. I feel like that's uh, you know, anyone else they'd be like, you know, yeah, sure. We got to talk, but it was it was a recorded talk, Taryn. But I think uh, you understand. This is the same. Thing. I got you. Yeah. yeah, I know. I wanted to chat with you at um at the bar the other night, but the, it was just it was just too crazy. Yeah. And I think I was like I was like really aggressive. I was like, you get you over <laughs> Okay, this is what happened. <laughs> I was sitting. I was I was at. I went to say hi because you were talking to the mats, and I went to say like hi uh, to the mats. Who and stole my phone and started you. taking selfies? <laughs> <laughs> and um and then I started to leave because uh, I was like, it took me forever to find uh, to find Josh from Big Brother 19. Um, and you were like, hey hey, get over here. 
And I was like, <laughs> no, I think it was more aggressive. It, than was, that. it was something along those lines. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, like Nicole wants to talk to me. Like he, he looked a little scared. <laughs> oh, I was, I was inside. Okay, Nicole wants to talk to me. So I went over, but by the time I managed to like get around the table, uh, like these other girls had, had come up to you and they started talking to you. And I was like, all right, I'll yeah. just wait until they're done. And then, um, and then like they left and like, you still didn't say anything to me. I was like, did Nicole forget that she called me over here? <laughs> so I was just ignoring you at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like, I like after they left, I was like, so, Hey, what's up? And you're like, not much. It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, okay. <laughs> and then after a little bit, I just kind of left. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> I think I was distracted. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very easy to get distracted. But uh, that... I think I had too many Proseccos at that point. <laughs> they just kept giving them to me. And they're like, this is a Wyclef Prosecco. And I was like, all right, well, I should probably drink it. It's Wyclef. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yes, yeah, very fun to talk to you. I'm so glad uh, I finally had you on. I know there's going to be a lot of people that are happy that uh, that you came on and talked. Um, and, and thank you for, for being so open. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I say this to everyone, but it's really like... Uh, it really means a lot to me, and I'm sure it means a lot to anyone that that uh, can relate uh, in any way to any of the stuff you talked about. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you you wanting to talk to me. I, that it meant a lot to me. All right. Well, uh, thank you, all of all of you listeners, for uh, for tuning into this one. Um, you can find this podcast on iTunes, uh, The Taryn Show. You can also find it on the reality TV Rehap Up feed with all of the other coverage: uh, Survivor, Big Brother, Challenge. Are you the one bachelor? All of those things. Uh, <laughs> I hope I'm not missing one. Uh, oh, American Ninja Warrior, obviously. And, and your own show. Yeah, there's plenty <laughs> of stuff. Uh, it's just it's it's kind of a rule that I'm not supposed to plug Lita on anything. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you can find it all there. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Armstrong Taren. Uh, Nicole, where can people find you? Uh, I am on Twitter with my new Twitter handle, which I just found out that they they uh, are allowing you to have fifty characters in your Twitter handle now. Oh my, that's a lot so of I characters. Could have had my, yeah, it's probably too many for people. But uh, Nicole says what? It's uh, Nicole C E S what? I very Is much it... approve of of that Twitter handle. I, I I was like I was very impressed. It's very clever. Uh, thank you, thank you. I couldn't use Nicole Stradamus because I'm retired now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, Nicole Stradamus. It's it's good as a like a predictive nickname, but it's not like it's not a it's not a Twitter handle. No, it, it wasn't gonna work. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, you can also go to robhaswebsite.com um, and leave a comment there. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks everyone for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Parents asking questions. It's the Taylor Show. So-